Hey, brother, let's go. Let's post those podcasts. We've learned to live with fear consistently. It is holding us back subconsciously, consciously. And what we can do is we can use it to our advantage. We can go ahead, turn it around, and make it wonderful. We're going to talk about that more on this episode of the Honest Fitness Talk podcast. What is up, everyone? How are you? My name is Nick Tabor, as you know, personal trainer and friend to all. And today we are talking about the fear that we're all living in. And man, 2020 has really brought us down. 2020 has just turned everything that we had in 2019 on its head sideways. And, you know, stress levels are high. Anxiety's through the roof. People are going through, uh, you know, depression, anxiety issues, and going to therapy quite a bit more. That's a good thing that people are going through therapy, but man, we have fear constantly. Now, we live in fear at times, consciously having a fear of something, you know, whether it's a fear of heights, a fear of public speaking, a fear of, of the boss, a fear of somebody in our family. But, you know, we also have subconscious ones of, I don't know, and that voice that says, I don't know if it's such a good idea. I don't know how we are doing right now, or what can we do? And the thing is, we get complacent. You know, we learn to do this, and we change our ways. And I've been thinking a lot about this um, with the podcast recordings and what I can say and it led from a conversation with a couple of clients in the past few days and also a new one coming on, on the way. That led to just, you know, pondering quite a bit of how much fear I've led in my life and how much I've done, you know. And if you're watching this on Instagram, you're actually going to have a little bit more of a show here. Um, But there is a lot to do. You know, there's a lot to say about it. So what makes us afraid? I mean, people say that we're afraid because we have a um, we have a protection fear that you know comes around that gives us that little bit of a voice that says I don't know and in the caveman era you know that's where people would get afraid of you know things that happened like people who saw a you know they saw a predator or they saw somebody else that was really hurting or you know then they're like okay I've got to avoid that area again or I've got to avoid that because we don't want things that happen, that bad things that happen to other people to happen to us again, you know? So whether it's a car accident or whether, you know, somebody died or whether it's COVID-19 or, you know, a Supreme Court ruling that might happen or something else or other, um, that may be the big factor, you know, but it's also little things. I remember, um, we're going to get into one of the things and ways that you can turn around your fear lately. Um, and what you can do is 
if you're afraid to talk to someone or you know something, recognize that there's love on the other side. Now, I had a giant fear of my grandmother finding out that I had tattoos. And she, you know, is very old school Portuguese and she's deeply rooted in the Catholic faith that you don't have piercings, you don't have tattoos, you don't drink or smoke. And she's really, really, really heavy into all that, you know, heavy, heavy, heavy. And, you know, I found out, you know, I got tattoos, but I always covered them up. Now, she found the tattoo that I have on my bicep here. Uh, that's a eagle carrying a, carrying a koi fish. And she saw this and we're hanging out at her house. And she goes, Nick, do you have a tattoo? And she's like, oh, no. Like, immediately I started looking for an escape because this is the one thing I've been scared of for a long time. Like, I'm sitting in this chair and I'm looking to the left and I see that she has a fire escape right nearby. And I'm like, what in the heck? You know, like, where, you know, what happened? You know, is it something that I'm going to hell or what happened? And then she looks at it she goes, and she only saw like the little koi fish down at the bottom. So I pulled it up to show her the whole rest of it. And she looked at it and she goes, you know, that's really nice. She says, did it hurt? How did it feel? You know, did you spend too much money on it? And in my mind, I'm like, who the hell are you? It's like, are you okay? You know, did it come at a bad time? And I'm like, no, I, I just, I just had what I had. I just had some time and I had some fun with it. And you know, this is one tattoo I really wanted. And I, you know, this is a loose um, mem in memory of my grandfather for this one. And she's like, you know, that's really super nice. And a few years later at a, uh, at a holiday party and I was at, um, oh my God. Um, I was at a, at a, um, 4th of July party and I had the tank top shorts and she saw all of them, you know, the one on my chest, the one on my leg, the one on the back of my leg. And she saw everything. And now she knows about the climb one. And she's like, oh, she's like, are you okay? And she just felt like, I felt the love. And everybody else told me that I was, you know, you know, that you don't show grandma your tattoos. You don't feel the tattoos there. Don't feel the, it's <laughs> about the tramp stamp. <laughs> Um, yeah, you don't feel the, you don't see, you don't see these, you don't do it, you just don't do it. And that put the fear of God in me, right? It's not necessarily the person that you're afraid of. It's the stories and the aura and the fact that you don't have the conversations with them that they're going to say here. And that, that conversation, if I just said, you know, at one point in my life, you know, Grandma, how do you feel if I, you know, I told you I have a tattoo? And she probably, I don't like it. I don't want you to ever get a tattoo. But 
that it's me, you know, it's me that has it. And this is something like, you know, if you're feeling like good family members who, um, I know, like I know some people and my, I had a cousin who, um, he was, you know, in, you know, he was in the closet for a long, long, long time. And God bless Robbie. Um, and he was, you know, just one of those people who kind of kept to himself. But his parents were, you know, hardcore Christians and, you know, marched about 10 years ago when, you know, there was still, you know, a, a thing about gay rights, marched against gay rights and marched against gay marriage. Um, something that I strongly opposed because I, when I was an ordained minister, I did a lot of, you know, gay marriages myself and, you know, did a few and did a few unions. Um, I was actually one of the first people in the country to do a, to do a same sex, you know, marriage myself. Um, you know, and I told them, I'm like, dude. Just rip the band-aid and do it, you know, as much as they're doing all that bullshit, you gotta remember, man, they're your parents and they've raised you. And, you know, it's like, alright, man, I don't know. I'm like, you know, and we, you know, and the cousins and all of them, like, we all knew. He told us and we're good, but he didn't come out to his parents. And I felt like angered, but I'm like, man, I'm angry for you. Dude, just do it because if they put that seed in your head or anybody else put that seed in your head that they're not going to accept you. And he was in his 30s when he did this, y'all. Like, he just looked at him like, dude, I'm like, no. I'm like, let's go ahead. Let's just rip the band-aid. Let's do it. I said, you know what? I'll be there with you. I'll go with you. We'll all have dinner and you do it. And I'm going like, to make sure that I'm there for him to root you on. And, you know, he stands up and he says, you know, mom and dad, I'm gay. And the first thing that they did was they looked up and they're like, okay, all right. You know, I said, what are your plans? I mean, do you have any partners? How do, you know, what's your, uh, hopefully you have somebody who makes you happy, right? And you see the relief in his face, right? Because he didn't recognize that there was love on the other side of that fear and he's like wow alright and you hear stories about people who want to be their true selves and parents kicking them out you know movies kind of blew that all up and stuff but you know I'm like man alright I feel good like I feel good right now we're talking a lot about fear folks today so what we've got next is we've got um, another thing if you want to neutralize the fear, or if you have something you have to do that you're completely scared of, what you want to do is make the alternative as painful as you possibly can. As painful as it can be, right? Now, recently this happened to me. And one of the things I did, I had a long time um, job, a uh, day job that I was working at, and it was for a number of years, like a decade and a half almost. He, um, this company, um, due to COVID nineteen, is absolutely decimated. Like, um, they had to make some very tough decisions, and they had to lay off a lot of people. 
which I was a manager there and they had to, you know, cut me. On August 18th, I went into the office. I spoke with the director of this year and she says to me, she says, Nick, your job is eliminated. Um, your last day with the company will be October 23rd. And I do deeply apologize. She cares like a lot. She's a loving human being. And she's like, look, and in my mind, I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to lose our insurance. We're going to lose our we're going to lose everything. We're going to be homeless. And I had to do the one thing that had scared me for years, and that's to get another job. I had to do this and I had to work 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Every single day, I had to get as many interviews as possible. I had to get up, I had to prep my resume, change my resume to put references out. And the scariest thing of all, I had to talk to people about it and get advice. Now, like almost all of my adult life, I had worked for this company. I left a place when I was 22 years old and I came back to the company um, this company that I'm working for right now when I was 36. So at this major U.S. hotel company, I spent 14 years of my life, pretty much all of my adult life, in a real comfortable zone. So as I just said, I had to make it as painful as I possibly could. And yes, in the chat, Nina says it's like family. Yes, they were very much family to me. But I had to make it as painful as I could where I'm like, I am going to be homeless. I'm not going to be able to put food on the table. Now, financially, we were actually fine. Like we had months on end in order, you know, that we would before we'd be completely broke between unemployment and uh, savings and all that. Like I had a year's worth of savings. So like six to seven months, you know, in general would be like an easy streak of doing this. But like, dude, I had to find a new job, particularly because if you live in America, one of the things that is super important is health insurance. We don't have that in America um, that's guaranteed as a right as a human. We have to get it through... Um, uh, either we have to be poor enough to get it directly through a government service, as I do in the state of Massachusetts, but we have to get it through an employer. So in my mind, I'm like, it has to happen. So grueling times, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, if we don't do this and, you know, like my wife's medication or my medication cannot be paid for, we're not going to work. Like, it's not going to happen. And I had to make it painful, folks, because as a, I'm going to sound like a little sexist for a moment, but as a guy, as a husband, like I had to make sure things were taken care of, right? I had to be sure we were good. So like the painful side of it was as scary as it was that I had to find a new job, as scary as it was that I had to talk and I had to admit that there was a problem because I've taken care of a lot of stuff myself since I was in, well, hell, I've taken care of myself for the most part since I was 12 years old. Uh, when I had my first job 
and I had to push and I had to do all this and I'm like oh my god I have to be vulnerable and you know what I had to do is make the alternative as horrible in my mind as I could I don't want to lose I mean I don't have a big house but I don't want to lose this house I want my family to be okay. I want my animals to be fed. I want to put the clothes on my back. I want to put my clothes on my wife's back. I want to make sure she feels comfortable too. So she doesn't feel that pressure. And then what happened was because I made the opposite of that fear as scary as possible, the fear of talking to people was not that bad. And you know what happened was I pushed, I pushed. In Nick Tabor Fitness, we have a diet course that's on Facebook that I built. I spent months building that in my time of unemployment. I spent a lot of time refining skills and opening a new class and working on other things, man. I had everything under the sun. I took self-development courses seriously so I could be way better. And 34 days after I was told I'd be laid off, I signed the papers for a brand new job. Because the scary, the opposite of fear was scarier than the actual fear I had. And you want to make it hardcore fear, right? Hardcore fear. And then you're going to be amazing. Like You're going to be like, dude, I did it. I'm awesome. I'm awesome. I'm better than I ever was. You know, and a lot of people are struggling right now, folks. Like, you know, and, you know, if we're out, if you're laid off because of the pandemic, my friends, my heart's with you. But again, make it scarier than the actual fear itself. And you can go through fears yourself. If you might have a fear of public speaking, then tell yourself that my fear, the opposite of public speaking, if I'm quiet forever, I'm never going to get as further as I am. Make that scary. Make it, you know, talk to yourself. I had to sit at this desk and, you know, I have a monitor and a computer right over here and I had to write every fear down opposite of what I had to fear and then make it like you had to spend time on it. Like I spent almost a 24 hours straight really fixing it. David Goggins calls this callousing your mind. And boy, is that true. I could talk a lot about David Goggins here, folks. So um, bear with me. So, all right. Last thing we have, right? In order to conquer fear itself. And if you're watching this on Instagram, let's have some participation in the chat here itself, right? We have to take the time to have affirmations for ourselves. Set it up so that way we tell ourselves we are awesome. We have amazing times. We do the great things, right? We have it great. So you have voices in your head that'll tell you what if this is a bad thing or what if this happens? What if that happens? And you have that fear. You have that, that moment of doubt in your brain and you have that constant fear you've been living in. You know what it is, right? You know where you're playing it safe all the time. You're playing it safe a lot. Here's the time when you need to tell yourself, I don't need to live this anymore. I am better than what I was. I am better than who you were. I, you know, that person I'm trying to be does not need this anymore. And this is the start. This is the start of what you want to do. 
the beginning of it because if you're like, oh God, I'm just super scared. I'm just really fearing. What if this happens? And then you start telling yourself, life ain't great. Life ain't that amazing. Life is not going to be that awesome. And then you start settling for less. And you start feeling kind of down. And you start telling yourself, man, that fear. And you know what you start doing is you start building your life around what you're afraid of. Around that curve, right? Now, let's do a little exercise here. For those who are listening on your headphones right now, you can write this down. For those who are watching me live, um, you know, let's go ahead and do it. If you have, you're on your way to work and you're driving down the road and you find that there's a pothole, what do you do with that pothole? I'll give you a few seconds. I'm going to sit in silence to go ahead and do it. Put it down in the chat. All right, so the answer is yes. You drive around that pothole. You find another way to get there. You can't call your boss at work and say, hey, I'm not gonna be able to get to work because there's construction, right? The other day, actually, it was one of the funniest things. Like, I just started a new job about, uh, it was about a few weeks back, and, I told my boss, I'm like, look, my car wouldn't start, so I just ran here. I apologize if I'm sweaty. And we're all really super, you know, you know, we're all way far apart in this office. So you can't, you know, be able, you can't just say, all right, I'm good. You know, I do that. She's like, why didn't you just be a few minutes late? Who cares? You know, it's like, you're here, you're safe, that's good. But I'm like, oh, I hustled. Like, I live a half mile away. I still made it in time. And, like, everybody who was driving in hit every red light, and I'm just hauling right to work. Kind of funny. But, um, you know, so, I mean, if it really is, and actually in the chat's really good, Justin says, uh, judge its size, small enough, um, I center my car over it. Yeah. You might be able to just get over it, but this is the one you see a giant absolute crater like a bomb went off and there's a giant hole. Like, what do you do? You drive around that pothole. You get around it. But what it has to happen is your mindset has to say, and I'm glad you said that, Justin, is you look at it and you look at the size and say, you know what? That's not bad. But your head has to say the pothole, which is in your brain, has to say, you know what, it's not that bad. It's not a bad thing that I have. I fit this obstacle today. I have to get around this, I have to work on it and get around it because I gotta get to that destination. I gotta get somewhere, I gotta be there. So you know what, I'm not gonna let this bother me. I get up every morning. And I'm here in this office, I blast out a couple, like, you know, 50, I haven't been doing as much anymore, but usually I do around 200 push-ups. I've been getting about 50 push-ups in every day. I'm still getting myself up there because I took a little break from it. But I think to myself about, you know, everything that I have to do, everything I want to do that day. 
what do I need to do to be sure that things are great? And what do I need to do? I say, you know what? I can. I can do this. And that voice, that what if voice, is the voice that showed you care. But then I'm like, okay. I'm thinking like, okay, I got to get to the gym. I'm going to be there at 5 a.m. And they're like, what if there's traffic? What if it's, you know, because of... COVID-19, you know, what if this is the day, you know, I say, you know what, that is just useless to me. I have the mask on. I make sure I'm distant. I clean every machine before and after I'm done with it. I have a client who comes in and we make sure we take care of everything. And we're done. We're safe. We're good. And I work at a healthcare facility as well. And they take care of everything. And if I am really ill, they'll just take care of me. It's the fear, that what if fear, and you tell yourself. Now, for those watching in in the chat, let's have a little bit of an exercise now. And I want everyone to do this because there's something else after and we're going to wrap up. So, once you put in the chat, what fears do you have that you're willing to share? Or what little fears do you have in the day? That may be something, and I'll tell you, like for me personally, I'll start and you guys can write. What fear I have is I fear that I'm not going to be adequate. I fear that I'm not going to be the best worker. I'm not going to go ahead and go further. That I'm not going to measure up to what my own expectations are and then other people's expectations will be of me. That's my biggest fear, and those what-if voices come in. So, if you have anything, if you're listening on the headphones, go ahead and just think about fears. Maybe write it down, or just think of that fear. Go right ahead. I'll give you 10 seconds. I guess maybe we should do some music. All right, so we have a uh, somebody in the chat who says, you know, have a fear of an upcoming court date. All right, so... What you need to do is realize what you can control at that point. Or if you have the thing in the back of your mind that says, with everything I have, um, with everything I have or everything that I'm doing right now, am I doing what is correct? Yes, your fear. What am I doing that I can help with or what can I do to make sure that you plead your case then? Not at the right thing, you know, not, um, you know, not uh, then or you can't lose sleep over it because what you can do with a court decision is if you know you're in the right, if you know you're in the, you know, you're in the loop, you need to be sure that you personally are at that time where you're like, look, I've done everything I could. I've done everything I could. I've pled everything. I've done it. Now, I had a court date um, years ago. 
myself personally where the um, the guy who sued me um, was a gentleman who I was teaching martial arts to and he stabbed himself in the arm and his mother convinced him that I was liable he got a lawyer and sued me and it was a horrifying time but I knew I was in the right and you know this is by the way lessons in hindsight because I was losing sleep over it I had to go to court I had to talk to lawyers and we spent hours like it was like six and a half hours um who just really like you know really just became it was it was detrimental like, it was really bad and you know but I prepared everything like I had all the documents weeks ahead that they needed I wrote up everything that was possible I um I had the ER notes from when I took the guy to the hospital. I had everything under the sun, right? I had everything under the sun that I needed, like that I needed. So all I had to do was really just hand it to the lawyer and I knew I was in the right. And um, it's, um, let's see, so uh, Nina writes here. Oh my gosh, that's horrible. Um, I'm not going to say it out loud because this is recorded on uh, this end here, but um, I'm so sorry. Um, um, all right, I, I got it. So have all your evidence there. Um, have all of yourself. Um, I'm so sorry that it's there. I mean, this is not a legal show personally. But what I can say is that fear that you have, um, hopefully one of my past stories has hel is helpful for you. Um, I, um, I personally think, you know, what you need to do is um, just make sure that you're in the right with it and talk to as many people who are knowledgeable about legalities about that. And, you know, make sure that they do it because, you know, you can talk to a lot of people, but the biggest fear personally, um, I get it. I, I understand. But the biggest fear personally is that, you know, with everything is that you're alone in that realization. But the many fears that I've had in my mind, in my life personally, um, I don't know, uh, I know, I don't know that other people have had it. And once I find that other people have done it, it's amazing. You know, like, okay, you've done it. How did you deal with it? And really search that. And hopefully, hopefully you find justice. I'm so sorry you're doing that. Um, and for another one who wrote something in here, um, know that you're in the right. Yeah, like I, I personally, I'm familiar with that situation. Know that you're in the right. I'll just leave it at that. But what we've got to do back to my original point. I'm sorry you're in that and I feel there, but you have to tell yourself every single day that I am a good person. And you have to be able to tell yourself and we had one other one come in the chat that they're afraid of never saying the right thing you tell yourself that for today 
I am okay. And let's write that in the chat right now that I want you to write that down. For today, I am okay. For today, I am fine. And for those of you who are listening to this, for today, I am going to be good. Right? Say that to yourself out loud. And for today, I'm going to do it. It's not worth it losing sleep over this fear of the future. Over this fear that you're not going to do things like I... Good, Brian. I am always scared of something. For today, I'm going to be okay. For today, we're good. We can be afraid of the future. We can do that, but we got we got to make sure we're good right now. One brief story as we wrap up. I was scared of a lot of things when I was in my mid-20s. I was afraid of not making a lot of money. And I took a job in the company I was laid off in. Um, and then, you know, I secured, I got, you know, a 401k, I got all this other stuff. But when I was 32, I'm sitting at work and I'm in a daze and I just shake myself awake and I realize I'm 32 doing the same job and all the fears that I had at that point that made me get that job that made me do that blocked all the dreams that I had, that I wanted to do other great things, that I wanted to be a business owner, that I wanted to do things and hell, even, you know, make sure that I got out of the house I was living in, that I took care of things. And, you know, that all those dreams had a back burner. And I'm like, oh my God, why am I doing this? Oh my God, why? And it just like, ah, you know, I was just, I was not feeling good about it. I saw a therapist. I still see a therapist every once in a while. And, you know, it was a, it was a solid four, four and a half year journey of finding who I am now. And, you know, really just cementing my own life back and giving my life back to me because I lived in fear for way too long. And that fear guarded me. But I had to say for today, I'm fine. And I wake up and when I have those what if things, I say, for today, it's all right. For right now, it's okay. And I can. I can get past this. I will get past this. I am not going to let this win. Just for the moment. And it's not kidding yourself. But just for the moment, you can't let yourself sit in fear at that given moment. Right? You can't let yourself sit there. So, that about does it for this episode of the Honest Fitness Talk podcast. We want to thank you very much. For those of you who are watching on Instagram, I am going to take a two-week break because I have another project that I'm going to be working on and really building up. So, I need to set this aside because we've recorded, you know, pretty much into December at this point. So, just a short while, So, but you're going to get me back. And you're going to be able to do this. So I will pop in on IG Live, but we won't just we won't be recording episodes. It probably would just be like 
a friendly Q&A or something or a friendly chat, you know, with each other, but not recording this. So, uh, you know, we'll just do what we do. So, keep in mind again, I'm Nick Tabor. I am, you know, having an amazing time, you know, with you. I hope you had a great time uh, hearing this. Keep in mind, uh, we are a part of the 4041 Media family, 4041 Media, where we have podcasts that just free your geek, the historic pinstripe show, uh, a movie theater, time machine, and psych your crime, just to name a few. We also have um, some YouTubers and streamers and some really, really, really good bunch of people um, that really just joy. We're all a part of the South Coast family. If you want to go ahead and hear more about me and our show, you can also DM me on Instagram, Nick Tabor Fitness, and you can email me at any time with any questions you want, nicktaborfitness at gmail.com. That's Nick Tabor with the E-R at the end. So you have yourself an amazing day. Thank you for being a part of this show, and thank you for being a part of the Honest Family. We will see you next week.